Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready for God's word tonight? Are you sure you are ready? What year is it? Sorry? Somebody said 2019. I had 20 nice things. Okay, you can take a nice car. You are moving to a nice house. You are marrying a nice man. Your marriage is getting nice. Yeah! It's 20 nice things. It's 20 nice things. It's 20 nice things. Listen. Because it's 20 nice things. When you bring your car to church and people see you, they will say, nice. When they see you post beside your car on Instagram, they will write there, nice. When you come to church with your husband, people will look at you and they will say, nice. I want you to go to three people and tell them nice, 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 this year, nice. Listen, are you ready for nice things? This is the year you will drive a nice car. You will take nice vacation. Your family will be nice family. You are moving to a nice job. You are getting some nice visas. Your health will be nice. When people see you, they will say, He's got a shop. Sit down. Thank you, choir. Lovely, 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 lovely. Praise God. So if anybody asks you what year it is, tell them it's 20 nice things. <laughs> this year is unlimited nice things. <laughs> Hallelujah. So get used to people looking at you and saying, nice. That when they see what you are wearing, they say, nice. When they see the way you pause with your children, they say, nice. <laughs> oh, how many of you had nice biscuits when you were young? <laughs> ah, come on now, come on now. You are moving back to nice things. Driving nice things. Eating nice things. Living in nice places. This year, if it's not nice, it's not yours. If it's not nice, it's not yours. That is why Philippians 4.13, he said in Amplified Version, I have strength for all things in Christ. Hey, hallelujah. No matter what it looks like, that nice thing, you have strength for it. Give me Amplified. So I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me? I'm ready. Anybody ready here? Are you ready here? For anything? Are you equal here 
to anything. Glory to God. Saint to the English version said, Christ gives me the strength to face anything. No matter what it is. Look at the, your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have a word for the devil. Tell the devil to bring it more. Message translation said, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Whatever I have. Hello? Wherever I am. You don't need to be in UK to be okay. You don't need to live in America to be a way maker. You don't need to be in Dubai to dribble into millions. Wherever, wherever. Nice things. Oh, are you ready tonight? And you know this year is special. Do you know some arithmetics? Do you know mathematics? I've told you before in this house that it's biblical arithmetics. One, the number of beginning, the beginning, God. Two, the number of agreement. If two shall agree, three, the number of resurrection. Third day, Jesus rose up from the dead. Third day, Jonah was permitted. He said, he told you, I will raise you up for the number of balance. That is why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gives balance to the gospel. Five, the number of grace. That is why David took five stones to kill one giant. That is why he said, one that ascended, descended, and gave gifts unto me, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Five. That is why God gave us five days in a week to walk. So that our walk will be by grace, not by groaning. That is why he put five fingers in your hand. That your labor will be by favor. Am I talking to somebody? This are six. Six is the number of man. The sixth day he made man seven is the number of perfection. Go again seven times. Eight is the number of new beginning. Nine is the number of fruitfulness. Nine fruits of the spirit. Nine gifts of the spirit. The ninth month a woman delivered. Ten is the number of completion. When you count all your fingers to ten, nothing to count again. So when we say it's number 19, it is 10 plus 9. It means completed fruitfulness. Ah! That is why you are unlimited. This year you are unlimited. It's completed fruitfulness. You started 2001. You moved to 2002. You got resurrected 2003. You got balanced 2004. But ladies and gentlemen, this 2019, you have completed the circle. It's your season to be fruitful. You will bear nice things, nice burdens, nice marriage, nice job, nice contracts, because it's fruitfulness. Touch your neighbor say, I'm unlimited. Am I talking to somebody in this house? So tonight, very briefly, I want to talk to you about the unlimited covenant of nice things. Nice things. Oh, glory to God. Somebody needs to get used to nice things. <laughs> hey. When you get home today, go to your garage and start to dream of nice cars. Not the one they help you push. I know somebody. 
and see another building we are building for this church. And it's going to be a nice church. Anybody getting what I'm saying? And go back to that rascal husband and say, either you like it or yes, this year you are a nice husband. <laughs> you will take me on vacation. <laughs> you will give me pocket money in millions. <laughs> either you like it or yes, <laughs> you are nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because Acts chapter 3 verse 25 defines who you are. Acts 3 25 said, you are the children of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with our fathers. So when we say, it's your year of unlimited, the prophets have spoken, the fathers have spoken, what are we saying? You are our children and if we say it, it will come to pass. Give your neighbor an elbow and say, neighbor, I'm a child of the prophet and a child of the covenant. Don't mess with me, oh. Psalm 89 verse 34. Psalm 89 verse 34. He said, my covenant will not not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. God is a covenant keeping God. How many a time somebody is taking but reverend, I'm trying to believe what PM just showed us that God is going to pave the way for me and break down the door. You see, when PM was reading that, I turned to my wife, I said, that's the scripture my son will like. The breaking down the door. Ah! That's my goal. The door is broken. And he does it by covenant. So many a times you might be thinking unlimited. Well, how will that happen? How will it be? Genesis 15 verse 1. Let me show you covenant. The Bible says Genesis chapter 15. What I want to teach you tonight about covenant. I was, I was saying it in church last Sunday in the battle. I said somebody asked me, Rev, if you're about to die and you can only preach one last message, what will you preach? I didn't think long. I said I'll preach day message of the covenant because that is the whole essence of Christianity the first time Pastor K met me this is what I was preaching covenant and he said God spoke to him that's your father covenant is deep when you hold your Bible Old Testament, New Testament what does that mean? Old covenant, New covenant what does that mean? Bible is covenant so when you pick the Bible you are picking covenant so this unlimited, we are shouting. How do I believe for unlimited? When I was wondering, look at Jesse 15 verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abraham, and thy shield and exceeding great word. Verse 2, we, are, we have to be fast. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the sword of my house. Is this a lesson in Damascus? You know what happened? God came to him, toasting him. Oh, Abraham, I'm your shield. He said, Forget all that. What will you give me? I don't have a child. Nothing is working. And Abraham said, Behold, you've not given me a seed. My slave will be my, we inherit all I have. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him again, saying, This shall not be your hair. You shall come out of your own bowels. Shall be your hair. Verse 5. And God said, I'll bring him forth. God said, Come out. Come and look. Because some of you, the problem is you are looking at the wrong thing. I lost somebody. You need to change what you see. Are you listening to me? You need to change what you see. Because if you see poor, you still be poor. But if you see rich, you'll be rich. Your life goes in the direction of your side. That is why nobody can drive forward looking backward. That's why God put your eyes in front of your head, not at the back of your head. That you might be forward looking, not backward looking. 
push the first person in front of you and say, look forward. And God said, you can number them, verse 6. And he, and he believed God was counting for righteousness, verse 7. And he said unto him, God said, I'll bring out without the chalice, I'll give you this land to inherit it. But look at verse 8. And the Lord said, where my, and Abraham said, Lord, how will I know we inherit it? Have you met people like that before? After you have talking 10,000 words, they still look at you and say, uh-huh. but uh, excuse me. I was telling PM today about my pastor. My pastor said in school, they asked all the children in class, what we want to do, what we want to become when you grow up. And his own son said, I want to be a millionaire. And they said, yes, but will you be a doctor, a lawyer? He said, no, millionaire. <laughs> so when the father had, the father sat him down and for 30 minutes, my pastor explained to him, you see, money comes when you work, so you need to have a profession. When you have a profession and you work hard, God will now bless it. You become rich, so you need to know what you want to be. After 30 minutes, my pastor said, did you understand? The boy said, yes, but for me, money is important. And what I want to be, is millionaire. <laughs> I don't know if anybody gets that. So after all God had said, Abraham said, boy, excuse me, sir. All this toasting, I'm your chief, exceeding great world, come and be counting star. I don't count higher. How will I know? And that's what some of you are thinking. How will I know that I will not be barren for life? How will I know that I will make it this year? How will I know that my marriage will work? How will I know that I will not die early in those days when I hear some men of God and they both say, I can never be poor. Ah, say gently, oh, because nobody is sure. Ah, have you ever felt like that before? When I go say that's how I was behaving. So I, say, I can never die early. Ah, hey, <laughs> these people need to be careful. Say it small, small. One gives them the boldness because Abraham, after God had said everything, he said, how will I be sure? So Romans 4.1 told us that there must be something that happened to Abraham that moved him from a non-believer to a believer. He not the unlimited God that made his, me to change his life. He said, what shall we say that Abraham, our father, concerning to the flesh had found, he must have found something. If he didn't find something, he would not have believed. He was a doubter. Then he became a father of faith. After a while, the same guy that was saying, how will I know? How will I be sure that we have a child? Change his name from Abraham to Abraham, the father of many children. And change his wife's name to Sarah, which means babe. And the woman was 90. And you know there is power in confession. You better be careful what you say. I can imagine the woman Say, babe, 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 babe. Your spouse will respond to what you call your spouse. Foolish man, he gets more foolish. Handsome dude, then he gets more handsome. What are you calling your own? In the bottom, where I come from, people call their pastor's wife, mama. I said, don't call my wife mama. Because he can walk in the reverse. Find girl that is walking like mama. mama. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Push your neighbor and say, confess right. Ephesians 4 said, we should wash one another with the water of the word. So if you use dirty water to wash, the person becomes dirtier. 
Say useless man. He does not give me money. He becomes more useless. Change the water. The person will get clean. What did he find? So verse 16 told us in Romans chapter 4. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. So for grace to work, faith must be in motion. To the end that the promise might be sure of the seed. Not only which is of the law, but that which is also of the faith. Abraham who is the father of all. Verse 17 said, At his written, have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead. Are you not excited that your dead accounts can come to life? Are you not excited that dead spams can live again? Are you not excited that dead marriage can resurrect? Are you not excited that Dead love can be built again. God quickens the dead. Glory to God. This year, whatever is dead in your life is coming alive. In the name of Jesus. And cause the things that be not as though they are. He does not wait for you to have millions to call you millionaire. He does not wait for you to have children to call you mother of children. That is the God we serve. Then verse 18 said that same Abraham that was doubting against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Then verse 19 said, and be not weak in faith. Ah! What I read, it looked as if he was weak in faith. Doesn't it look like that? What did he find that made him not to be weak in faith? And consider now not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, that is dead double wala for dead body, too dead. But verse 20 said, the same man staggered not at the promise of God to unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. What made him to give glory when he had not seen? One of the things I know about God is that we can praise him in advance. We don't need to see to praise. That was I kept on giving glory to God. The babies had not come, but I knew they were coming. A friend of mine said he was believing God for five million years ago. You know what he did? He wrote a check of five hundred thousand and brought it. I said, What is this? He said, My tithe. I said, The money has come. He said, No, I'm paying it in advance. So that when I read Malachi, I'm reading, can a God, oh man. <laughs> that is the same way we can praise him in advance. <laughs> because his credit is good with us. So you can dance in advance for the husband that is coming. You can dance in advance for the babies that are coming. You can dance in advance the millions that are coming. Am I talking to somebody this hour? Can you take two seconds giving glory to God for January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Give God a shout. Listen. Giving glory to God does not mean you have to do it like I do it. Hello? The Bible says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Listen. Listen. If God had said, make 
Edikaiko unto the Lord. I will have been in trouble. I don't know how to make Edikaiko. If you had said, sing unto the Lord in soprano, I don't even know what I sing. It's surprising. <laughs> if you had said, sing to the Lord in treble, I sing terrible. <laughs> if you are, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But you know what is I should do? What I can do? Make noise. <laughs> I can make. You know, you can sing off key, but you can't shout off key. <laughs> Listen to me. I read the dictionary to find out what is noise. If that's what I meant to make. And dictionary say noise is an uncoordinated sound. So anyhow you make it. Somebody make a noise. Listen. James chapter 3 say you can pray wrong. But you know what? You can't shout wrong. Anyhow you shout is accepted. Come on, make a joyful noise. Listen, December, December, we were on our way for family vacation, but we spent the night at Intercontinental. So when we were leaving, we had quite some luggage because for a day we were traveling out. So we called some of the bellboys to come and help us carry our baggage. And then the guy, we opened the door, he came in. I don't know what I was saying. The guy started shaking. He said, well done, sir. It's a privilege to meet you, sir. Ah, I'm excited. I said, you know me? Say yes, sir. I've been listening to your messages since I was on campus. And I've listened to a lot. I still listen to it up to now. I said, but you have never met me before. He said, never, sir. I said, how did you know it is me? Then he laughs. <laughs> it's the voice, sir. It's the voice. It's the same. It's the voice. So I know that God in heaven recognize my voice. Make God hear your voice. Let him, let him, let him, let him hear your voice. Sit him, sit him, sit him. So, so, so the Bible said, Glory <laughs> to God. The Bible said, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what He had promised He was able to perform. One translation said, He was faithful and able to perform. And I love that. I love that because, because, uh, I love Pastor Busayo. I mean, if you know Pastor Busayo here, very nice man. Okay. I love him. If, if Pastor Busayo said to me, uh, Rev, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, he's gaining momentum. I'm giving you your private jet when you're going back to Ibadan. I won't share the testimony yet. Mm. If, uh, Babangida too says, Oh, Dr. Obad, I'm giving you a private jet after this meeting. I won't share the testimony to you yet. Why? Because Pastor Buzayo is faithful, but uh, I'm not sure he's able <laughs> for now, for now, for now to give me a jet. I know Babangida is able, but <laughs> if he can annul the whole of Nigeria, <laughs> I'm not sure that promise cannot be annulled. But we serve a God that is faithful like him and able like him. So if God says it, you can take it to the bank because he's able and faithful 
to perform. Then verse 23 of Romans chapter 4 said, All this was written not because of Abraham, because he already got it. Verse 24 said, It was written because of us. What was it? What did he found? What changed his unbelief to faith? Genesis chapter 15. Let's go back there. So verse 1, God said, I'm exceeding great reward. Verse 2, he said, where I'm burning, you're not doing anything. Verse 3, verse 4. Then he said, where well, will I know in verse 8? Then verse 9. Verse 9. And God said to him, what will I do? Let's go start from verse 8. Let's start from verse 8. So, and he said to him, said, Lord, eh, how will I still know that we inherit this? Then verse 9. God now said, come out, come out. Then God said, lay each piece against one another. Verse 9, let's start from verse 9. Verse 9, verse 9, you are in verse 11. Go back verse 9. And he said, take an eve of three years old, and a sugar of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and he told you, and a young pigeon. Then verse 10, let's keep on. And he took all these, and God said, you need to kill them, and put them one side against the other. And verse 11, he mentioned some, and verse 12, he made him to fall asleep. And verse 13, he said to him, Though we, your son, your seed shall be, you won't be a stranger in this land and all that. Then verse 14, he talked about nations. Verse 15, he said, you go to your fathers in peace. You'll be buried in good old age. Do you know good old age? You will be old and rich. Not that some old age that are not good. That the men are old, but they are praying to die. But your own old age. Kayika talaba. Yeko yiga. That you'll be coming to DCC at 90 with your suspender and gray hair and bouncing like rubber. <laughs> Glory to God. My dad worships in our church, my parents. My dad is 82. He bounces into church every Sunday. Every Sunday with his wife, they are always wearing jersey. Uncle, they are so much in love, we are jealous. My son and I went to visit them last week on Saturday. They were still whispering to themselves, <laughs> like, what are they saying? I mean, at this age, no shame. <laughs> at this age. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, that's how my old age will be. Good old age. And verse 17 said, came to pass. That when the sun went down, that it was dark and behold, the smoking furnace passed through. Verse 18. In that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. What did Abraham found? A covenant was caught. Now, let me explain it to you. For you, a Nigerian, you wonder what in that process changed the mind of Abraham? What in that process made Abraham to believe he's now unlimited? What happened? A covenant was caught. In those days, the strongest agreement between two people is a covenant. A covenant is caught when two people come together. And one of them said to the other, excuse me, let's cut a covenant. For every covenant, there are three parties. That is the initiator of the covenant. That is the one that says, let's cut a covenant. That is a responder to the covenant. The one that says, I agree to be in covenant. Then there must be a covenant witness. He must be greater than the two of them because you will swear by him. So you will not get animals together. You will kill them. 
bring their blood, some to the left, some to the right. So one, the initiator will stand on one end, the responder will stand on one end, the covenant witness will stand above them, looking at them, then they will walk in between the animals. As they are walking, they are making a promise to one another and backing it up with an oath. They promise one another, from today we are one. What I have is yours and what you have is mine. There is nothing too precious for me to give you. There is nothing too precious for you to have if I have it. If it is the last one I have and you request for it, I'll give you. I will not hide anything from you. That is the promise. Then the oath. If I fail, let my body be scattered. Like this animal be scattered. Let me be killed and my blood shed. Like this blood is shed. If any, if I do that, and the covenant witness must be there as a witness. That is why it must be stronger to make sure if any of them default, he pursues that one and deal with them. It's a strong thing. And it runs to several generations. Covenant. That is why God was speaking. In Jeremiah 34 verse 18, he said, and I will give the men that have transgressed. Do we have God's word? Genesis, yeah, Jeremiah 34 verse 18, God's word translation said, I will hand over the people who have rejected my promise. They have not kept the terms of the promise which they made in my presence when they cut the calf in two and passed through the pieces. Jeremiah 34 verse 18. So they must pass through it and they must make those pronouncements as they are passing through it and their family will be there. One of the reasons why people cut covenant, for example, assuming I'm a farmer to have a lot of food but no meat. And you know the problem in those days was that there was no market. So will I get meat? Get meat? And another person is a hunter. He has meat but no food. So both of us must come together to form a covenant. And when we form a covenant, I will say, okay, so that I might have meat, let's form a covenant. So you can have food, let's come and form a covenant. And from that day onwards, so I will never lack meat again. And we will never lack food again because covenant has been caught. In fact, the strongest example of covenant today is marriage. Marriage. In marriage, I saw this fine babe. I went to initiate the covenant. Glory to God. So I want to marry you. And you see, initiator must be the one that initiate. That is why the Bible says, he that findeth a wife, not he that his wife found. So sis, stop sharing vision with that brother if God has not spoken. Say, brother Zerubbabel, I was dreaming yesterday. I saw a dream. The two of us, we were by the well. We were drawing water. Does that mean anything to you? Brother Rebecca said, yes, now. We go to the same DCC. We are hearing the same word. He said, no. I was drawing the water. Two children ran to us. And they said, daddy, mommy. See, stop all that nonsense. So. Praise God. Let him initiate the covenant. Hello? One lady told me, but Reverend is so shy. I said, if he's shy to propose, he will be too shy to be a good husband. Are you listening to me? Let him propose. Don't assume. Hmm? I've taught it here before. Proposing should not be difficult. It's like driving. I've driven cars in Europe, in Africa, in North America, everywhere. It's the same principle. When you are driving, you want to branch, you trafficate. So brother, when you see a fine babe, 
you want to marry her as initiator trafficking, let her know you are coming towards her direction. Send her some tests. Send her some flowers. Send her some car. Let her know you are trafficking. And sister, if you don't want him to branch, start to sing special number. No parking, brother. No. Parking. And brother, if they sing no parking, stop fighting. Say, who wants to park before you? are even too tall. You are too short. You are too fat. You are too slim. My hand mistakenly touched the trafficator. But there are some brothers. Have you seen them before? I don't think they are in DCC. They trafficate left, 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 left. Then they branch right. God will punish you. Ah, the way the sisters are saying, man. Oh, bro. Repent. And there are some brothers. Their own is blinker. Two places at the same time. God will punish you double. Ah, the sisters mean a lot. But wait, oh wait, oh sister, brought trafficate, took you to tantalize, you tantalize, took you to Mr. Biggs, you become big, took you to sweet sensation, you sweetly sensationalize. He now wants to branch, you say no parking, God go punish you too. <laughs> oh God, oh God. So there must be initiator. Then there must be a responder. The responder says, I agree in front of a covenant witness. Let me give you an example. That is why when a man starts to mess up with his wife, problems start. The first time I read First Peter 3.7, I was sure. God said, man, if you don't treat your wife well, I won't answer your prayer. Ah, sir, excuse me. Excuse her. What is the correlation, sir? She's my wife. It's because God is a covenant witness. Don't move into a man's house that has not married you. You are not protected. When you marry before a priest, covenant witness, your protection is complete. God said, if he does not treat you well, I will deal with him. So look at me, me. And we just send money to my wife's account. Like that, we say, ah, what is this? It's love portion. It's bribery. Say, tell God I'm treating you well. Eh, Una, I have prayer point, Bokuso, tell him that I'm doing my best. Eh? Because if my answer prayer is connected to you, I beg, be happy. Just be smiling. Let God see you smile. If your husband is close to you, let me pinch him and say, are you hearing me? Are you, are you, are you hearing me? Uh, send money to my account for no reason. Uh, love portion, some, love something, unlimited expenditure, so I can get nice things. <laughs> I know some of you will buy this message. And be playing it in the car when he's there. <laughs> in Malachi chapter 2 verse 13, the Bible said, some men came to church and they prayed and God did not answer. 
and they wept and God did not regard it. And they brought offering and God did not receive it. Verse 14 said, ah, and they said, but God, why? Look at Amplified of verse 14. He said, yes, you ask, why does God reject it? Because the Lord was a covenant witness. That covenant you made in marriage between you and the wife of your youth, against whom you are dead preciously, and to whom you are faithless. Yes, she is your companion, the wife of your covenant, made by your marriage vows. That vow is not a joke that you stand with. All the, in fact, if you think about that vow, you should be scared though. What helped me was the reverend that joined me to my wife didn't like me. So he made the vow very vowful. He looked at me and said, You! Albert! Do you take this lovely lady as your lovely wedded wife? In sickness and in health. For richer and for poorer till death. I wanted to say, Excuse me, sir, let me go and think about this. With my own body. I deal with with all I it's it's deep. If you are not ready, don't do it. Prenuptial agreement does not contradict the covenant. Is anybody hearing me? So marriage is not a contract that can be annulled anyhow. Marriage is a covenant. But there is a problem here. So God looked at Abraham and said, all I'm saying, this boy is not even listening. He's still doubting. Let's cut covenant. And he brought him out. And he did like they used to do. And Abraham saw it. And the problem was the fact that they had only one problem. God is a covenant initiator. Abraham is a covenant responder. The covenant witness must be greater than the two of them. Who is greater than God? So God taught and taught, what will I do? God said, okay, I'll be the covenant initiator as well as the covenant witness at the same time. But this is a problem. They must swear by the name of the covenant witness. So God looked at Abraham and said, since there is no covenant witness, since I'm the covenant witness, I will swear by myself. So Allah said, Allah <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13. You are looking at me and see what is he talking about. Hebrews 6 from verse 13, very quickly. Hebrews chapter 6, he said when God made the promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Give me message translation, message translation. He said when God made a promise to Abraham, he backed it to a yield, putting his own reputation on the line. Abraham, if you don't have children, I cease to be God. Abraham, if you die poor, I cease to be God. Abraham, if you don't live well, if you don't live an unlimited life, if your life is not sweet, if at the end of your life you look back and things are not working, come and die for me. God swear, God shake it. Ah! I don't know how to say that in English. In Shekwen. Go Shekwen. If I don't do it for you, let my life scatter. Lost like that of this animal. Abraham, if things don't work, if you don't have children, what do you think made the man to change his name immediately? 
God shaped it. Look at your neighbor and say, concerning this year, God shaped it. Unlimited lifestyle. Unlimited blessings. Unlimited things. Twenty nice things. God shaped it. He swore. Verse 14, King James Version. He said, saying, surely, surely, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. Give me the message translation. And God looked at Abraham and said, I promise I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hey, that is the meaning of unlimited. He will bless. Then bless. Then bless. I've studied blessing in Greek and Hebrew and everything. But my best understanding of blessing is Yoruba language. They call it Ibuku. That when you think it is cool, God will shake it and promo. How many women, women are here? And you go to buy Gary? Say, Mama, put more now. No, press down. Shaking together. Running over. God is up. God is about to cool it for you. In your money, cool. In your anointing, cool. In your kingdom express, cool. If you think he has done it before, he will do it more. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. So verse 15, King James says, after you have patiently endured, you obtain the promise. Verse 16, for men verily swear by the greater. Did you get it? And an oath of confirmation is the end of all strife. When we were young, if me and somebody are arguing, it's my own, it's not your own, it's my own, it's not your own. You know what we used to do? Did you ever do that? No, you touch people. Ah, PM never did it now. Teach people, yeah, you do like this. I thought this for Ibadan boys like us. You, you did it too. As touch as you look. I always say, along, but that's the end of the argument. That's what the Bible is saying here. But this generation, I, mean, I don't believe you. So he said, they swear by the greatest and all. It is the end of all confirmation. Oh, verse 16 said, but very men verily. Look at this. So about the creator, not of God. Look at verse 17. Glory to God. We are in God. Willing more abundantly to show unto Abraham. He did not swear for Abraham. It was because of me he swore. It was me. He knew one day they will tell me you will have an unlimited year. And I will doubt. So he shake me <laughs> that my marriage will be sweet. He shake me that we have children. He shake me that we live a good life. He shake me that we travel the world. He did not swear because of Abraham. He swore because of you. Because of Kemi. Because of Deji. Because of Sule. Because of Sube. Because of Rose. Because of you. He swore. He shake me. So the next time the devil said, are you still sure you have children? Just laugh at the devil. <laughs> God has shaken it. 
devil says, you, 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 your husband, you will lose your husband, you will lose your home. Just laugh. <laughs> God, shake me. Hey, you won't have children. <laughs> Too late. God, shake me. Look at the way the living Bible put it. He said, God also bound himself with an oath. He shake me. So that those he promised to help will be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plan. Never! You don't need to wonder. He has shake me. He shake me. He said, look at me. Longbow. If I don't bless you, let my life scatter. God said, if I don't bless you, I put my reputation on the line. What makes me God? That won't be God again. And he didn't do it because of Abraham. He did it because of me. Verse 18 said, I love the Amplified. So that by two immutable things, the promise and the oath, in which it is impossible for God to ever lie, to prove false or to deceive us who have fled to him forever, might strong into any strength and strong encouragement and grasp and all that and all that. Then verse 19. KJV said, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. So now I know why. Because we say, I can never be poor. When, when I was young, when I said, I tried to say it, but my soul will shake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My soul will shake. I mean, you will, I will, one day the devil told me, I wasn't married though. He said, you are going about setting the barren free. I will see how you have children. But you know what? I laughed. What made my soul change? Look at this. I call it the anchor to your soul. That covenant that God shake with is the anchor to your soul, both sure and steadfast. It makes you to enter into the veil. Ladies and gentlemen, you have an unlimited covenant with God. Put your mind at rest. The devil is a liar. What you have with God, nobody can take. What you have with God, nobody can steal. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. So God came to Abraham. And say, Abraham, I want to initiate a covenant with you. Let me say this to you. There are three things that accompany every covenant. Number one. Look at Genesis chapter 14. There are three things that accompany a covenant. Number one, the talking. Number two, the toast. Number three, the test of the covenant. Oh, I'm trying to jump some things. Hmm. Go to Galatians 3.13 first. Give me Galatians 3.13. Let me just run through. Let me just run through. Galatians 3.13. Now, look at this. He said, Christ has redeemed from the cause of love. He made the cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone that angered on the tree. Verse 14. I'll come back and explain that. That the blessing of Abraham might come to the Jebus, to the Biobios, to the Edolites, through Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Give me verse 15. Very powerful. Brethren, I speak after the manner of man, that even if it be a man's covenant, once it is confirmed, no man can disannul it, nor add to it. So your covenant with God is so sure, it can't be disannulled. Look at verse 16. I love this. I love this. He says, now to Abraham and his seed, to me and you, the promise I made, say unto the seed, not as many, but as Jesus Christ. Look at verse 17. And this I say, that the covenant 
that was confirmed before the law 430 years, the law can't disannul. What is he saying? He's saying economic recession cannot disannul your covenant with God. Because the covenant had been before the recession is. Did anybody care? That? So the recession is too late. The covenant had been done since. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? So the next time the devil said, I will afflict you with cancer. Tell the devil too late. That is why first Peter 2, he said by his stripes, you were healed. So if I were healed, then I am healed. So if I'm healed, I is healed. Oh, come on now. You're wondering what grammar is Reverend speaking now. <laughs> you can't write that though. I is healed. Look at your neighbor and say, I is healed. Look at your neighbor and say, I is blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, I is rich. That means the next time you put your ATM into the machine and you say, insufficient fund, look at the machine and say, your father, you are too late. I'll be rich in Abraham before you are conceived. You are too late. It is you that don't have sufficient fund. You should have told me the truth that you don't have enough money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in Genesis chapter 14, <laughs> verse 17, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from Sodom of Chedorlaim. And the kings were with him in the valley of Shaveh, which is king's due. Verse 14, the first thing, he brought the bread and the wine. So, so, please come, sir. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come to, sir. Please come. So, is the covenant initiator? Is the covenant, wit- covenant responder? I'm the covenant witness. The first thing is that they bring the animal and they kill the animal and they spread it. But with the animal also, there are some other tokens. Number one, he, as the initiator and the farmer, will bring the tools. His oh, his cutlass. He, as the hunter, will bring his gun and arrow and bow. And they will exchange it after passing through. And as they pass through, they will be swearing, making promises and swearing with an oath. And I'll be there. They will say it in my name. I'll be watching what they say and I'll be confirming it. Then after that, there must be an exchange of name. That's the token. That is why when I initiate covenant to this bay, do you know my wife's last name in those days? Or then in law? You know my own? Oduole. Is that not prophetic? Or there in law. Oduole. No, no, this is, this is very prophetic. It's a prophetic something. And so, she now needs to take my name. Somebody said to me, so well, you know, these days of feminism, why must I bear his name? The Bible said you should. His name is our name. How? Where? Genesis chapter 5. He said, and he made them male and female and called their name. Adam. Is their name. So it's not his name. It's not her name. It's their name. So you are just holding it in trust for her to come. 
Like my mommy said, when people say to her, you have four boys, no girl. He said, no, it is boys I don't have. It is daughters I have. I have four daughters. Say, where are they? Uh, go give me this one. So go and bring my daughter. So, Kai, see my life. <laughs> see my life. Is anybody get that? That was why his name was Abraham. But when he entered into covenant with God, there I am. He became Abraham. So whenever he introduced himself, you know he has a covenant with God. Did anybody get that? Every time, all he needs to do is to tell you his name. Ah! Covenant with God. Covenant with God. So the token is exchanged. And that is why in our own days, we exchange ring. You know, in those days, they didn't have ring. What they do, they believe this finger, that there is a nerve here that goes straight to the heart. So when you want to marry, they will cut here. She will cut her own. You mingle it with wine and drink it. If it is now, you won't marry twice. Once they cut you, <laughs> that is why they say use the word "cut covenant." It's a cutting. Leviticus seventeen eleven said, "Without the shedding of blood, covenant is not sealed." Why is virginity important? Because it is the blood that makes the covenant to be in effect. So in those days, when you marry, they put white bed sheet down. So when your husband sleep with you, they want to see blood. Why? Because that is the cutting of the covenant. That's why God made virgins. Don't get it twisted. It's a good thing to be one. Don't let anybody rubbish you. Keep it till the covenant is cut. It makes all the difference. Ah, oh, my lost mind. God is a restorer of virginity. Amen. But don't keep on sleeping around. It has a purpose. There is nothing God does that doesn't have a purpose. That is why God put the hymen there. It is like the veil. The entrance of the veil. And the high priest must enter. And there are no high priests. It's high priest. And God punished Moses for striking twice. So it's the only one that you strike. Okay, it's okay. Praise God. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Is anybody getting what I'm saying? So there's an exchange. Those are the talking. But the toast means part of his blood, part of his blood, part of the animal's blood will be put into a bowl with wine. And they will do, do like this. Like this. And that's how they're going to drink it. In front of the covenant witness. Why? So that when they drink it, they remember our blood is already mingled. So whatever is in him is now in me. That is why be careful who you enter into covenant with. So when PK came and said, God said, you are my father. I said, let God also tell me you are my son. And we didn't have anything in those days. I didn't have, he didn't have. So you don't pick father because they have a good car. It's a covenant thing. Because who you follow determines what follows you. Are you hearing me? So listen. Listen. So the problem after a while, you can leave one another, is that is they started having a problem. My children might not understand the value of this covenant. My own children, grandchildren don't understand the value of this covenant. So they said, we know what we will do. Every month or every other month, we will gather together for what we call covenant feast. 
and we will also still drink. But we won't kill animal again. But we will take wine. And we will use that wine to tell our both children on both sides. Look, oh, one day we cut ourselves, mix the blood here. So this wine you are taking now is not wine, no, it is blood. So as we take it, we are taking one another's blood. So you now know why communion is important. When Jesus was to die, he gathered them together and broke bread with them and said, this is my flesh. It's not bread. This is my blood. It's not wine. Do this in remembrance of me. And in First Corinthians chapter number 11, they, Paul said, I wasn't there, but God showed it to me like a movie. Like a movie king of boys. I saw it. I saw the night he was about to be killed. I saw it sat down in the midst of the boys. This I know that. He said nobody told me. And I know nobody told him. Because somebody told him, there's a way you say things. If somebody told him, they will say he was there. He now took the cup. He now drank it. That's what they will say. But first Corinthians 11, he said he took the cup. He sipped. Before he drank. Who narrates like that? Except you saw it. So every time you take communion, remember he shake it. Soon after TJ and I got married, God bless me, I'm moving to a good house. We got a BMW. It looked good. Then all of a sudden, I couldn't afford my house rent. The BMW had an accident. Everything was going negative. So she was going to work one day. No matter, wake up, bought some water to take a bath, see her off to the door. But this day I told her, I said, you're going to work when you come back. You won't meet me in the sitting room. I will lock myself in this study and I'm not coming out until God answer me. He's either he comes down to explain to me or I go up to meet him. Or don't knock if I don't hope. She went to work scared. By the time she came back to work, she met me at the dining. She said, you scared me in the morning. I said, yes, I meant it. But God spoke to me. He told me my problem was twofold. Number one, he said, I used faith to get. I didn't use faith to maintain. Number two, he told me I started relying on myself, not on the covenant. So I said, sit down. We're going to break bread. I hope couples you understand the power of breaking bread. Taking communion together. When you have a sick child, you better get your bread out and your wine. When your finances are down, you better get your bread and your wine out. When there is problem at work, you better get out your bread and your wine. Because it's not a wine, it's the blood of Jesus and the flesh of Jesus that he by promise and the hold, by two immutable things, by which you shepherd, that your life will be unlimited. Last December, we went on vacation to London and Dubai. And Reverend TJ said, every day we must break bread. We didn't do it every day, but we did it almost every day. Should we bring the ornament out? As everybody sit down. I told you she's the law. And even me, just sit. We are breaking bread. Because you see, that is our supernatural edge. That is our advantage over every other person. It's our covenant. And it's sealed by the communion. The toast of the covenant. Never joke with it in life. When Peke announced communion service, sit in front because something is about to be reestablished. He said, do it in remembrance of me. So there is a token. There is a toast. So many things I can say, but let me close. 
So, so in that Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, and Moses that the king of Salem brought forth bread and wine. That's the toast of the covenant. Then he brought the token. He brought and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. It was Abraham. He now gave him the Most High God. And he said, Blessed be Most High God and all that. Then verse Genesis 14 from verse 21. Oh, let, let, let me start by this. Look at this. So when this guy entered into covenant with this guy, this guy told him, all that I have is yours, all that you have is mine. Is that not so? So when he needs meat, he does not say, please, I beg, if you will have mercy on me, give me meat. No! Because that meat is his own. And do you know the problem? If his wife does not understand, there will be a problem. Say, ah, Barfilo, Papa Philo, the only meat where they for part. You give your friend, you are not responsible. That is why you have to marry somebody that understands your covenant. How can Pastor Bidwe call you and you are running? Explain to her. Oh, can, can I explain something to you? How many more minutes do I have OPM? As you flow, okay, we will leave by 12 midnight. It's okay. I'm just kidding. But listen, 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 listen. So this is it. I'm the covenant witness. He is the covenant initiator, covenant responder. Come, sir. Come, sir. So one day, one day, one day, this guy comes and says, look at this boy. He's small. I can deal with him. Try and give him blow. Not he blow. Do you see? His job is to come in. In fact, if he was not there and he made them fighting, he will kill this guy first. They say, so waiting happen. That is why you don't fight a man that has covenant with God. <laughs> he won't be the one. He might not even know. He might not know you are fighting. God will take over. God will finish the fight before he reveals to you what is happening. God does not consult or fight on your behalf because he has shaped me to protect you. Did anybody get what I'm saying? So you will get it better now. Whenever the children of Israel mess up with God, God as the covenant witness must make sure another nation comes and deal with them. But after that nation deal with them, God as the covenant partner must not deal with that nation. <laughs> so if you read the Old Testament, you will wonder God used them to punish Israel. Then God said, I will destroy them. Ah, not be you use them. He's functioning in a dual personality. That is why. That is why. If your man of God mess up, don't be the floggo. Don't be the weepo. Because if you are the weep, the God that back him up is coming on you. So I don't run my mouth about men of God. Before their master, they stand before. It's not me that they, and he can't himself a man of God. That's not my place. Did anybody get what I'm saying? That's not my place. To their master, they stand of all. Let God deal with them. Because it is the nation that God used to punish that God will destroy. When God and them will say to you, you won't be there. They won't call you to the conference. So. 
They won't tell you he has repented though. They won't tell you everything is fine though. You just see that you enter into trouble. And you can't explain why. Are you listening to me? So, God, Abraham, you can go, sir. Thank you. Oh, stay, 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 stay. Let me borrow you as Sarah. So one day, God showed up, test of the covenant, and said, Abraham, give me Isaac, the one through which I promise, all the promise of everything they earth, give me. You know the funniest part of it in Genesis 21 is that Abraham did not tell Sarah, eh, Sarah, God is asking for our son. You know why? Because that boy, Isaac, is not Abraham's son. He's our son. By covenant, is God's son. As well as Abraham's son. And because Sarah was not a part to the covenant, Abraham did not console. And Genesis 21, God was very funny. God now told him to take Isaac. Take him. Three days journey. Abba God. If you want me to give it, let me give it now. Because three days, temptation strong. Three days to a mountain I will show you. In that case, it's 21, I don't have time again. Oh, let, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. This is very crazy. Uh, and, and, and verse three, and, and verse, Genesis 21, verse 22, 22 verse 1, it came to pass that God tempted Abraham. God tempted him. He tested him. I said to Abraham, behold, he said, I'm here. God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. So God knows he loves. Do you, have you described God never asked you to give what you don't love? When I have two cars, he say, give the one you don't like. Say that one that you like. Say the son that you love. Get into the land of Mariah and offer him. Verse 23, verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his house and took his young man and the Isaac his son and wood and all that. And that's four. Then three days. Then he saw the place. And Abraham said unto his young man, abide here. Me and this boy will go up and all that. But look at this, look at this, look at this. Three days journey. God tested him. Why? Because Isaac is not only his son. He's our son. So God can request for what is his. But why did God do that? Because God knows that Jesus, his own son, is also Abraham's son. And Abraham and his descendants have entered into sin that they can't pay for. So they will need his own son. Why can't? How can Jesus atone for the sin of man? Because by covenant he's our brother. That is why anybody that called Jesus son of Abraham gets their miracle. Because it's a revelation. It's a revelation. Because by covenant. And you see this weird test is very important. If Abraham had failed, he had failed all of us. Because God does not have a ground to now release his own son. Because when God needed your own, you kept him. Now you know the power of Titan. Titan is not Old Testament, New Testament. Titan is Testament. Titan is Covenant. What's the purpose of tithe? To say, God, it is our money. 
this is your share. And he said, because you have given me my share, I can protect the remaining and open the window of heaven so that you can do what you can do. I will now do what you can do to Somebody say, hey, but why are you not replying people on social media? We don't reply them. They are a distraction. If you mind the position, you will lose your position. They are non-entities. Their tight means nothing. Because we don't chop tight in our generation, we pay tight. I've been paying 20% since forever. And I'm not the kind of pastor that collect that don't pay because it is a covenant thing. Every time I pay my tithe, what I'm saying, the first time tithe was mentioned was in that Genesis chapter 14. After the token, after the toast in verse number 21, and the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Genesis 14, 21, give me the pre- Oh, glory to God. Look at verse 24. Verse 19 saying, bless him. I said, bless Abraham with the most high God. So, verse 20. And bless me the most high God, which I delivered your enemies to your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. That was before the law. Why did he bring tithe? He knew it's a covenant thing. And look at this man. After that, verse 21, the man tested him and said, don't worry, oh, just give me uh, uh, the person and you take the good. But look at verse 22. Abraham said, no, I will pass this one. I'm not taking some back. Don't tempt me. Take everything. Lest they will say they make Abraham rich and he was still poor. What gave him the confidence? God shaped it. I won't miss this test. I'll pass this test. I'll make sure I do what God said I will do. But there was another catch. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. So in that Genesis chapter 22, and Abraham, oh, glory to God. So, verse 7. Isaac was a sharp boy, like my son. Isaac said, Papa, yes. <laughs> Papa, yes. Isaac Farahu, yes. Isaac Herusi, yes. <laughs> Papa, yes. I know the good. <laughs> what are we sacrificing? Abraham said, Don't worry. That's none of my business. God will provide himself a son. And he said something very silly. He said to the man, you wait here. Me and the boy, we are going up and we will come back. Check it. We are coming back. You are going to kill your son and you say you are coming back. It's because Abraham understands the covenant. He was saying, God, this is a simple deal. He's our son. I can kill him. I will kill him. But you can raise him. You will raise him. (laughs) Hey, I can kill the living, but you can raise the dead. My father told me how you quicken his dead body. Me and this boy, we are coming back. Oh, oh somebody said, is that in the Bible? I'll show you. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 17. Oh, glory to God. Hebrews 11 from 17. By faith, Abraham, when he had offered up Isaac. The first time I read that, I said, no, he didn't offer him. He wanted to offer him. God said, shut up. He offered him. Because once he did it in his heart, it is done. And he that received the promise offered his only begotten son. Verse 18. Of whom it was said, that in this Isaac your seed will be called. Verse 19. But <laughs> he account that God was able to raise him up. Even from the dead. That if I kill him, God will raise him up. So he said, guys, wait till I'm taking this boy up. 
kill him and bringing him back. Saint English version said, because he was sure that God could raise people to life. This was just like getting Isaac back from death. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. God tests our covenant. He said, give me. Not because he needs, but because you have a need. So he requested from Isaac. Not because he needed Isaac, but because Abraham needed his own son. May you not fail the test of God. I remember, I shared the story here, 2014. I told my children, I said, you people, you've paid a lot of price. Let me close my Bible because <laughs> so many things to say. I said, you paid a lot of price. So this year, we're going for vacation. It's either to Dubai or to London, pick one. So, they started fighting. London, no, Dubai, London, Dubai. I said, whatever you all agree, just tell me where. So, the next day, my son woke me up and said, Daddy, that vacation, how many days more? Ah, it's December, now we're in January. He said, I just want to know. Then the next day, Daddy, how many? So, I knew I was in trouble. So, I started saving. And when I saved some millions, God spoke to me one day. Give it. Ah. God, no, this is... <laughs> you know, I give things about this one. They are still fighting. I told me if it's Dubai or London. I must not talk. It's not my money again, no. God said, give it. Ah. I now made a mistake. I told TJ. And you know, TJ never... So, he'll support me in everything. But when it comes to God, he will never take my side. I said, TJ, this money, God said, if God said you to give it, give it now. Ah! I will tell the children. She said, that's not my business. So you go and tell them. But God tell you to give it, you give it. So I gave the money. My children are still fighting. And my son is still asking me, how many days more? So June, I gave it. July, August. Ha, God, don't disgrace me. September. Hey, God. I was coming from UK one day. Somebody called me. Reverend, where are you? I said, I'm not in Nigeria. He said, okay. Uh, I want to ask a question. Ask. Your family vacation. Where are you spending this year? I said, well, either Dubai or London. By faith. No money. He said, eh. Why, why not both? I said, both to call. Both to call. Sheep me. Money for one. I don't have. You said both. But you know, as a man of God, I comported myself. I said, no, no, no. We can't do both actually because of time. You know, we don't have that much time. So I'm actually thinking we should do Dubai. He said, no, why not both? I said, no, 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 London will be cold, but Dubai, the weather will be okay. It's because Dubai will be cheap out. Yeah, the weather. The guy said, ah, but we'll prefer both. I said, what is your own? I said, we are thinking Dubai. He said, why don't you ask the children? I said, I'm not asking anybody. I've made up my mind. He said, well, I'm saying that because God is leading me to pay for it. Ah! Um, we will do both. Uh, we will do, we will do both. If it is you, don't do both. Oh. This guy paid for the tickets. In London, put us in an hotel a few buildings away from Buckingham Palace. When we got to Dubai, we were shocked. I've traveled the world, but this one, they came to meet us at the aircraft, carrying our name. Alberto Duales. 
My son said, that is, that is what I said, keep quiet. There's no why they are looking for us first. So I walked to them and I said, this name, why are you looking for them? They said, well, um, we have been paid to take them through immigration and to take them to the hotel they're staying. I said, come on now. So my son was like, that is, let's go, let's go. Ah. So we came out. I mean, they walk us through immigration. We are walking like celebrity. We came out. There were two Prado. And um, I said, which one? He said, both. I said, no, we normally travel in one car. They said, no, no, no. They said, you must have two. My son said, daddy, don't waste time. Me and you, we go in this one. They know this, they go in that one. <laughs> they don't waste time. The hotel is one of the best hotels in Dubai. It's a four bedroom suit. Big, large kitchen everywhere by the beach. I said, God, test me again now. Test, test me again now. Psalm 74 verse 20 as I close. Thank you, gentlemen. Psalm 74 verse 20. Give me Psalm 74 verse 20. Have respect unto the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of quarrelty. This year is election year. A thousand will die by your side. Ten thousand by your right. We won't come near you. Or respect your covenant. Our covenant does not work with sleeping around. It does not work with stealing money from our bosses. It does not work with doing Yahoo. It does not work with doing Aristo. Respect your covenant. Because when you respect your covenant, it will shock you. That like David never lost a battle. It's not a slogan. It's a covenant. That this is our year of unlimited it's not a slogan. It's a covenant. Stand on your feet, everybody. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristenscenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.